podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This show is brought to you and associated with Labrooks. All you have to do is click the link to the description to this podcast, enter the promo code LAD50 when you sign up, and you'll get a free bet up to £50. Go on, do it now. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal, the clumsily named Arsenal podcast. I am Boyd Hilton. I'm joined by sidekick Josh Landy. Good to be here as always. Looking resplendent in black denim shirt. Yes, I like this shirt actually. Deliberately wearing black as we mourn the events of uh, the other night. It no. seems like so long ago. Yes, no black Tuesday. scarf though. No black scarf, no. Maybe next time. Okay. Uh, we have with us the excellent... Um, Matt Mason Hello Out of Q Magazine Hi, right. Who's on the cover of the new issue of Q? Uh, Florence Welsh Oh yeah The Florence and the Machine fame That's right The Florence and Florence and the Machine Great lady And we're joined by Tim Payton The legendary uh, What's your official title of the Arsenal Supporters Trust? I'm kind of spokesman board Kind of board spokesperson member. Board no, member. No, Not introduced as controversial I see, I'm moving mainstream I don't think there's right anything controversial about your views <laughs> at all no? I think they're totally mainstream now Tim Yeah Um but so, you know, if it had been... We've got 5-2 victory over Leicester to talk about, in some ways. You know, and that seems like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? That we had that rather enjoyable, hugely entertaining match with eight gazillion shots on goal. Um, and we won, and Alexis Sanchez scored a hat-trick, and it was all amazing. And Theo played pretty well as well. And then, Wednesday night. Tuesday night happened. Was it Tuesday night? Yeah. You've written Wednesday night here. Josh. That's a terrible error. I apologise. Fuck that up. Um, like Ospina. Not as badly <laughs> yeah. as Ospina and many Austin would Wenger. say Austin Wenger <laughs> fucked up the selection of the goalkeeper. So we've got so much to talk about really. Um, I mean I tweeted I tweeted on after the match on Tuesday that it was so in fact not half time I think I tweeted it was so many it was wrong in so many the more you thought about it the selection of I'm going to go straight into it now. I think we've got to address the issue now. Why, why beat around the bush? Because it was wrong in so many ways, like putting pressure on Ospina, um, dropping or resting the player, the one out, the one player, not out for the one player you had bought in the summer that everyone was excited about. So he must be annoyed not playing the Champions League, which are surely big games. It was a must-win game. He said, "Well, why even put that pressure on the keeper?" And then when the keeper does fuck up, then you kind of can't defend it afterwards, and then you get really annoyed. You got really annoyed in the press conference because people were asking you about it. Then there's like, you're kind of lying a bit about him being injured, or then why put him on the bench? And then everything about it, every single element of that decision was calamitously, disastrously stupid, wasn't it, Matt? It was, yes. I mean, it's... For me, it, it doesn't even go back to team selection. It's, once again, why can we not start with any intensity... For the, from the word go and that's down to the manager that he is the last person to speak to them from leaving the dressing room mm. to kicking off and how many times have I come on this podcast and said the same thing we're still a team that needs to be provoked into action and you know there was you know there was a little element of, of you know we came out on the front foot but when they didn't get the instant goal you just saw the complacency and the oh you know it patience it'll work itself out and that's the other thing isn't it that's the other thing about the decision that I was going to actually yeah you've reminded me it kind of 
for me, it like instills that sense of complacency in the team because if he's not, if he's going to not pick, obviously our best, our first choice keeper. Then what message does that send well, out to the team? The team comes out with that intensity because yeah. it's not your first team. Yeah. So yeah. the message from the manager, which all the players know this, they don't think any differently to us. They know that the second choice goalkeeper has been picked. They also know that the second choice left back is being picked. And it, it permeates through all of them. They come out a bit complacent. You know, the manager thinks this will be okay. They think it's okay. And they can't respond. There's, but there's something wrong in the psyche. They can't respond. Do you think, Tim... If we'd lost at Leicester, which after the first 15 minutes uh, looked like a distinct possibility, that Wenger wouldn't have had the confidence perhaps to play Devlos Pina. He'd have had to play Czech had we lost at Leicester. Do you think they almost got a false sense of confidence that we're back, we're scoring goals, we're making loads of chances, I can afford to play Devlos Pina? I don't think it's, the, I don't think it's the, the Leicester game. I think there is probably... The reason he got so defensive about it is I think there is some kind of agreement with Ospina that he'll play some games. And right. Ospina was very unsettled in the summer when Czech was brought in. You know, he cemented his place in the Arsenal team in the second half of the season. He went off and played for his country in Copper America. Then he hears that back in London, you know, he's been passed over. And he was given some commitment from Wenger that he'll get a number of games. What surprised me is it's just not the League Cup and FA Cup games, but he got pitched into not one, but two Champions League games, which the manager usually takes quite seriously, particularly the early games in the group stages. Because I think if you... Arsene Wenger would take a, a Champions League win over a Premier League win without any doubt. It's mm. the one missing thing on his CV. I, I sometimes think it what keeps him going year after year to do better. So I think there was there's something in but the agreement I with agree. Ospina. Of and course. that's partly why he got so defensive yes. when pressed about it, sure. because he doesn't want to tell the outside world that that was what right. was going on. But it's not written in contract, no. it's there. Because, but doesn't he? But also, I mean, I, th- I totally agree with that. But doesn't he also perhaps now think we just can't? There's no point. We can't win this Champions League. Partly in his mind, like, so he's almost like prioritising the in his mind um, Not, the Premier League because no, he thinks he w- we have no, 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 the no, FA Cup. No, no? no, no. If, if that had been his attitude, he wouldn't have been so upset at losing the game. He took mm. a slightly calculated risk on the team that he put out which of course is partly a result of him having not invested all of the cash he had available to have a stronger squad so the risk is bigger but there's absolutely no way that he went out thinking I don't care if I get out of this Champions League group what's interesting Mm. now is what he does with the next four games yes and also will he play you know, and what, yeah. will he, what would he he can't play Ospina who does he, he play he cannot. but also what his objectives are I mean I think because it's by and home he'll throw everything at that yeah. but when, when do you now give up on it because actually I think Arsenal can still win the Premier League this year partly because all the top teams seem to have become crap particularly yeah. at defending mm. I mean it wasn't you know we talked earlier about did the Leicester result change things I, I think maybe actually the City result changed things he suddenly looked at the league table and thought we're right back in this because of the mistakes of others yeah. and if we beat United on Sunday then we are really back in sure but what, but that's still not you don't have to rest your keeper though do you like, no you no that's I, mean, you know, that's, that's, I still think it is your theory yeah, yeah, oh, because, yeah, he, yeah. because he didn't play he played Ospina in the um, League Cup whatever it's called and the Champions League game previously now I had can we address this point right as well I had this guy called a lot of, some not a lot but some people Sean Healy on Twitter tweeted me because I was talking about the Ospina situation and he was saying well he said that he was a bit injured that he had a you know this so I mean basically are we saying that that is just out and out 
lie <laughs> the, that he wasn't why do you think it was a lie 90 percent of premier league footballers go on the pitch a bit injured right. the idea that they are totally fit is, sure. is, is a fallacy now sure check could have played that game yeah you know and would have played that game yeah. if in the manager's view yeah. it was important he did and a source and this is going to sound really wanky and like you know in the know but a very good friend of mine who was basically there at Arsenal that day, told me that he was not in any way injured at all and was basically playing around as a fully fit... As a fit, as, as you say, 90% fit as every other player was, would have been. And, you know, everyone was just expecting him to play that game. Well, so, if, if, Ospina, <laughs> if Ospina got injured in the first half... Right, he would have come on, of course. He'd have to come on, so he was clearly fit yeah. enough to play a game of football. I mean, I, not, not to continue the, in the no thread, but I was told he was very unhappy. No, yeah. no, and he was a fit, but he's right. very around happy. Well, he did. I mean, every journalist there, certainly, I, I, I heard journalists on the radio yeah. and saying that he, not stormed out, but he definitely avoided, as yeah. you ha- would have to anyway, the mixed zone and all the journalists, because no. he would have been asked about it and didn't want to talk about it and was not happy. Yeah. Well, if you remember, one of the reasons, I think he wanted to stay in London yes. because his family yes. are here and they're in schools and yeah. you can understand how that starts to happen. But the big thing on his criteria list of picking another club was yes, to have Champions League football. Yeah. No, not anyone. Right. Champions League football. So that's the other reason. <laughs> that's another reason I forgot. You're pissing off this, your number one goalkeeper, that one player you've bought in the summer needlessly for what reason I mean the, the reasons mount up of stupidity you make this no, I mean, it is, can I just say we've done 10 minutes or whatever the podcast we have yet to address the fact that we let in and the players on the pitch should have been good enough to win the game yeah. and they made some really poor errors I don't think enough criticisms we made of that first goal which was in the corner of the ground I'm in that guy who scored and forgive me for not knowing the, the name of the Olympiacos player has got about a 7 yard radius around him of yeah. free space on the edge of our box and he's got his shot away and it's a lucky deflection and it's a goal the second one of course is a ridiculous error and the third we, we've switched off after scoring a goal and let a very odd ball from Cambiasso get into our box at an angle it shouldn't and, and they've scored a goal and I don't think enough criticism has been made of the players on the pitch who I think have arguably let the manager down well they undoubtedly did didn't they Matt yeah but it's almost like set pieces now I mean the commentators go say every time there's a set piece against us and we like, never look like scoring from them is the other problem yeah yeah very, every corners. time we got a corner you could feel that there wasn't you know we were chasing the game and there'd be a corner there wasn't that kind of rush of anticipation from the crowd because we all know yeah. this isn't going in <laughs> no yeah whereas when they get a corner when we're anyone gets a corner against us we're shitting it and particularly on a free kick in a decent position we're like oh we're our player and that you know who I mean that's just organisation and yeah the much more structural challenge and if you yeah. like the individual bizarreness of the goalkeeper situation is Arsenal can't defend this season no. but, you know, and it's not just the defence it's the way the midfield are set up in front of them look at the number of goals that are being shipped we don't notice it because the other big teams in the Premier League can't defend either at the moment it's like a forgotten forgotten art or yeah. forgotten yeah. skill nobody and cares about it anymore but our defending is shocking and that would make maybe a little bit more sense if there was a big turnover in players but it's odd because obviously apart from Peter Cech the whole outfield is exactly the same as it was last year and with David Ospina in goal the, the 19 um, league games at the end of a season we, we kept I think was it we only let in 14 goals something like that 13, yeah. 14 goals you know, in, incredible look, to turn around really of events you've got to look at the personnel a little bit more than that I think Josh when Monreal doesn't play and Gibbs does you're a lot less solid a yeah. lot less quality as a defender there yeah. and actually when Bellerin plays what's really important is always look at who's in front of him yeah. Because Bellerin is great going forward, but he needs the protection. He's not a great defensive fullback. And the protection was poor, you know, particularly when it's the Ox. Yeah. Well, I think there's a. I mean, I, I really. I mean, we've got to talk about the Ox, haven't we? Because I love him and everything. I know, but sooner or later we're going to say, come on, lad. Yeah. And I mean, he's just getting in these positions where he's. 
practically scoring own goals or he's scoring own goals and he's just not and he's just fucking up that part it, of the because he's been in the wrong position at the start I yeah. mean that, that goal that he ended up scoring away in Zaga was exactly that he yeah. just switched off was in the wrong position and had to run back like a maniac because he was you know five yards away from where he should have been and I don't think anyone knows his position I don't think he knows it I don't no. think his manager knows it no and is there an issue with also someone someone one of the journalists um was writing about Kazul, our midfield, our central midfield, and was saying it's all very well. It's all very well against Leicester, you know, and like that, you know, Kazula does his thing, and you know, whoever's playing defensive midfield can kind of can work up, up against him. But when it's at this at the European level, it's just not working, is it? There's just something fundamentally wrong. Do you think, Matt? Do you think that's true? That you know, that's part of the the big problem we've got. Well, I'd say that if we just lost to Bayern Munich, but it was Olympiacos, yeah, I mean, you know. And if if it can work against Leicester, it should be able to work at home against Olympiacos. But even Olympiacos, even they've got, you know, I mean, even though they haven't won in Europe for what in in, in England in Europe for ever practically. No, I think it was twelve um, <laughs> games, twelve defeats. Right, but like that, but it, clearly that their manager set them out to deal with tactically to deal with our weaknesses, yeah. and I felt that the, our central midfield is a weakness in that particular situation that, that you can now attack in. If you if you, if you know how but, and partly I think you know because again much as I love him is an issue isn't he what do you think Bayern Munich are going to do to that midfield oh fuck it I mean <laughs> Jesus yeah it's <laughs> what's terrifying what's going to win having said that I know <laughs> it's, it's, it, the idea we're going to be on naught points out of nine is just frightening but we'd rather wouldn't we I mean, away, well you mean you want to just bottom and come forth yeah much yeah, rather yeah, I don't want to do. I do not want to be in Imagine, the Europa League I'm sorry I don't game. I don't give a flying shit about it and I, in fact not that I actually actively do not want to be in it do you I, I, don't, I don't want to put ourselves in a position where we could get close to winning a trophy and then lose to Spurs in the semis oh my <laughs> god I hadn't even that, thought of that, that element yeah. of it <laughs> That's that's where my mind is after Tuesday night. I just don't want to play on Thursday. I just don't want that no. Thursday night. What's miserable? <laughs> I, I think I, again. I said this, I tweeted this as well. I keep quoting my own tweets like some kind of wanker. But I genuinely think that I think it'll be humiliating for Wenger. You know, all this time, all year after year after year of Champions League qualification, and at least getting past this first stage to end up in the Europa League on a Thursday think, night. Do you think they will throw it in the first round that they get into, or do you think they'll do a Chelsea and try and win it? I know what the Arsenal finance director and Stan Kroenke will say. They'll say you've got to keep going because we've got to use up those seven cup tie credits so we don't have to refund you. <laughs> yeah, and also there's obviously value of having more games. <laughs> well, there'll be a well, ten the big, pounds. The biggest, they'll sell them out. It'll the be ten pounds no, no, at the league cup. Pound. They'll make no the, the buggers or make them category B so we don't have to refund the season ticket holders is that how they do it I don't yeah, know we I'm haven't sure had this problem I'm sure before. you're right we never had this problem before I mean realistically well, we might yet not have it <laughs> right who, so which is the last team no because we could lose if you lose come bottom in the group that yeah that's it, what I'm saying no, no, I'd we, rather okay. come bottom than, than there's third been, there's still about you know with the bookmakers about a 30% chance we qualify from the group 25-30% when's the last does anyone know when the last is this in your stats when the last time a team lost their first two games and oh, it, oh, it, was it, was it was us was it was it oh no we got one point <laughs> in the, the it, famous one is Newcastle losing their first three and still qualifying oh, okay. but it's incredible in so like they weren't playing Bayern Munich it's 4% they had Barcelona right 4% Okay. Really, really we're a better chance than four percent here. So, in all likelihood, right? So, do you, I mean, let me th- let me ask this question because I think it's interesting. Say we come third. Say we do qualify for the Europa League. Mm. Uh, um, what do you think Wenger's attitude towards it will be? And do you think? I mean, do you, I even think I think he'll be so. I think he'll make Peter Check play. <laughs> That's so not. No. I just think you'll be so embarrassed. Matt Macy is he around? Wow. Matt Macy will be in goal. I can't. Conf- I can't compute with it. I can't. What's the word? I can't digest it. I can't. Are we um, worrying about saying it might not happen for two reasons? Fourth, or we might qualify. It's only you know. 
that we might come third. We are at the moment most likely to come third. Yeah, exactly. But I we, think we it's might the most likely final outcome. game against Olympiacos, so we could like throw that game. So it's just kind of, it might be a battle of t- well, they'd want to go into the Europa League, and we wouldn't. Hey, let's be positive, boys. We it's might be Arsenal Wenger's never won. Well, yeah. Europa League if you count Am it I, as the UEFA substitute Cup. for the UEFA Cup yeah we got yeah. to that final didn't we Galatasaray we yes. lost 2000 do you, what's your attitude to the Europa Cup what do you think are you, were you, what, you know, what's, what's your feeling about if we end up third and we go into the Europa Cup I was, I was, I was being a bit facetious about you know, yeah. putting ourselves in a competition with Spurs yeah. I mean there is, there is something to be said for you know, the momentum of a cup run um, yeah. and, you know, and it's, it's winnable okay. but that Thursday to Sunday programme kills you yeah. yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, and it really and does. The, I would want us to go for it, I think, but always with the mind of looking at what it meant for the position in the Premier League. Yeah. It does give some interesting away games. I'd probably get to go to places I haven't even heard of. You have, yeah, to, get, you have to get the yeah, map out, a, don't yeah, you? Yeah. Build, building up the away credits, it could prove <laughs> yeah, quite useful. Building up the away credits and going to countries and new grounds. Because <laughs> yeah. it, it sounds so blase, doesn't it? It's, like, oh, it's Milan, it's Barcelona, it's Munich. Munich again. You know, yeah. it, would in, it does introduce some places mm. that you have n- just t- never heard of. Who are Tottenham playing tonight? Oh, well, Carabao, big, it's Monaco. Monaco, I've heard of them. One of Carrier Bag was the team last year. Young boy. Boys, young boys of wherever Switzerland, Switzerland. Bern, young boys of Bern. Mm. Yeah, always been fascinated by. I that. just thought boy might read out because we we tweeted out, didn't we? About oh yes, this yes. Sum- summary, five word summaries after. Yeah, go on. After Wednesday, I'll read out a few. There was one from AFC Mark said total mismanagement from Arsene Wenger. Um, Metal Jerusalem said has he finally lost it? And Mark King. Said, this was my favourite. Yeah, like, he said the winner. Fans yeah. unsurprised at Groundhog clusterfuck, <laughs> uh, which was um, another one. Gunarino said Czech would have saved that um, and the final one here Yonko Ab said unprofessionally predictable yet naive defending and it just seems a sense of uh, that sums it up let's talk yeah, about tolerance. the Wenger reaction afterwards then more in more because I think it's interesting so he he, um, he was did you watch it or yes, listen to it yes of course I taped it and I watched I watched like three different interviews or listened I listened to one I watched it on the another. website yeah. yeah I mean I watched the um, what was it on BT interview yeah. where he was kind of calm and he just kind of said oh he, he, that was when he said the, 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 whoever interviewed him said to him why did you make this blah 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 and he said oh he was, had an issue with his he had some kind of injury issue, and then, but then he, in fact, he didn't even actually pretend about that much. He basically said, "It's up to me," um, and I took the decision. And the whole mistake that he made, and Czech could have made that mistake. And I thought, "Well, that's," <laughs> I mean, you know, he's. In fact, he even said Czech's made some mistakes earlier in the season. I was like, "Well, I'm sure he wants to be reminded of that." Yeah, he probably that was wouldn't weird. have thrown that the ball. That was unusual. In. That was unusual. So that was a weird answer. And then in the press conference, he got increasingly furious because the journalists did their job and asked him to defend a, a bizarre decision and for me if you make a decision like that it's like the rugby isn't it you know it's like the England manager if you make an interesting and clearly controversial decision as this was undoubtedly to then be difficult about it afterwards just explain it just say you know oh I promised Ospina you know maybe, no, he, can't maybe say, that- he can say David Ospina is a goalkeeper that kept you know 12 clean sheets in the second half we of did say that, he's, that. A, he's a, a wonderful goalkeeper there isn't much between the two of them. He has to just he has to defend it. To, to not say anything makes it look like you're admitting you got it wrong, and, well, but, and that's yeah. where it looks weak. Bearing in mind what Tim said about this, you know, verbal agreement, mm. it almost sounds like by saying that Czech has made mistakes, it almost sounds like a message to Czech, who's you know, as, as we suggested, has been disgruntled about this. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. almost like he's justifying it to Czech. Going, well, he went so great at the start of the season. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, that makes which is just making things worse. Yeah, yeah exactly. the whole thing's making it worse, isn't it? I mean. 
That I just think But it just is like Every other player on the pitch Wants to have Every other player on the pitch To be the best in their position And it's got to be something On the mentality They won't look around And just It was an extraordinary error That is a once in a career Maybe kind of error You hope I mean, you don't, I, I, I'm trying to remember Seeing Dave Seaman Do that in his career no, Like that no, Jens no. Lehmann During his time I was, That is just an extraordinary the ball in Didn't he If you remember the, Yeah I mean that, that Just you practice that Non-stop If you're a goalkeeping <laughs> training That ball coming in from across uh, Flicking it yeah. down Over your I mean that, that It's is like just, he momentarily happen. Forgot where he was standing on the pitch it's like he suddenly thought I'm, I'm standing 20 yards away from the goal line and it'd be fine whatever I do with this ball it'd be fine it's, it's always just like, I always like to look at other players for their reaction to what's just gone around and there was just disbelief oh, what? disbelief Cochlan. and what was interesting Cochrane Cochrane was the only player who went up to him and tried to do yeah. any sort mm. of consoling. dealing with and it, consoling which yeah. is again interesting and yeah. you know where's your captain at that moment You're yeah. pretty yeah. much your youngest player on the pitch who had to run out of position to come back a long time after yeah. it happened yeah. give him a quick slap on the chest and sprint back because no one around Absolutely, him is doing yeah. it yeah. do we think the Arsenal players are happy at the moment I mean it always happens after a defeat well, like this but the briefing is starting to come out isn't it they're frustrated at him they didn't bring anyone in in the summer but if you look at their quotes in the summer they were all saying things like we finished great. We think we've got a get great chance next year. Arsenal's going to bring a couple of players in. They were all talking up yeah. signings coming in. They're just like us. Yeah. Yeah. They know there's money there. Yeah. They know the squad needs strengthening. And I think there's a little bit... If you look at Urzu, I'm not convinced no, that that's yeah. a player who's 100% right. into it. Because no. Orlo, I think... you know, He's the classic. You know all the, br- all the briefing. He might go back. He might not be around. Well, because yeah. he got the big new deal. Yeah. Players that get big new deals well, often, I agree with often you. have yeah. a dip after that yeah. contract comes in because they're kind of they're set up and they're done as did Shiru that's what that's what I knew I knew that there wasn't a big striker coming when they put Walcott and Giroud on big new contracts because yeah. you wouldn't yeah. you play a bit more hardball with mm. them because you'd have your big new signing you'd, mm. still, you'd still put them on good money but you might say Theo here's 100k a week not 140k mm. a week what are you going to do about it but we had to make them both happy because yes. no one else was coming in yeah. but I don't feel that squad is it's not there, is it? The only one is, it's, San- it's Sanchez. But, he, but even, then, even then, we all look to him on yeah. his knees at the end of that game, yes. wondering what he's thinking, which probably, I wasn't promised this Yeah, but shit. he did it show it during the game. Yeah, I'm nutted at the end, because he basically played Olympiacos on his own. Yeah, yeah. But his, I think, but I worry, because Ian Wright on, um, on BT Sport was pretty, like, was worrying about that. Was worrying, like, what's Sanchez, you know, Sanchez, why should he hang around, you know? Because he's so, even, you know, taking into account his knackered starts of the season, now he's come good and he's scoring hat-tricks and he's, and he's playing his arse off, for want of a better phrase. He's the only world-class player that Arsenal have that's actually performing at a world-class level. Right. Most games. Yeah. Or, or more often than not. They will have their ups for now, now. Ozil's yeah. a world-class player, yes. but he shows it in flashes. Yes, I agree. Not even shows it, you know, yeah. Consistently, yeah. it is a flash now and again. Yeah, absolutely. And he's the he is the only player who you think when things are going badly, like against Leicester, he can come up with something that's going to change the game on his own, almost you know, and do and and and, and do what he does. You know, at his best. Yeah, completely. So it's it's just it's just I, I think I, I mean there were quotes coming out from the players earlier in the season as they always would, saying you know we're an incredibly happy bunch, you know, and we've never been happier. But I don't believe it. You know, no, and they, I don't. They're an autopilot. I think they get on with each other. That's that's I think they, there's probably like a unity 
pretty almost, you know, like they really get on. And I don't think there's much kind of um, arguing among them. I don't think there's much dissent. But I think, I, I imagine they are huge. I mean, this is all complete supposition on my part. Frustrated with Wenger, yeah. I mean, there was an interesting quote. I didn't see it in the flesh. I think it was on Twitter or something. So I don't know if it actually happened. But I saw a quote attributed to Lee Dixon saying, they have no Vieira. Vieira was a player who would say, don't listen to the manager. Stand here. Go there. No, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah that's and, interesting. you know, you think, well, yeah. okay. Yeah. So it actually took someone to ignore him. Yeah. You know, and it, yeah. there's no, obviously no one doing that at the moment. Well, and I listen to people like Martin Keown. I mean, before the game... Uh, on Five Live I was listening to um, in the build up to it and people like Henry Winter were saying that decision that Ospina decision is so Wenger-esque it kind of sums him up because it's like I'd rather keep them happy you know I'd rather keep him happy for whatever reason as you were, you were alluding to than be ruthless and be a winner and it's like that and he described it I think as like a second third fourth mindset you know the whole club has now from top to bottom it, it's, fine, it's fine to finish second third fourth we don't absolutely in the end completely do everything that we can to win and I think well, the classic quote is if I signed him, I'd kill him. Yeah. We don't care about that. Yeah. Well, you know, it's a ruthless Johan, business. Yeah. He Johan doesn't care Jura, about killing yeah. Peter Czech, does he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bringing the other guy yeah. in. So, yeah. he, the bottom line is, though, that he still thought we'd obviously win that game with David Ospina, as everyone did. When you took your seat in that stadium, you didn't think, oh, shit, David Ospina's in goal, we're not going to win tonight. Um, no, I th- no, I tell you what I thought, and, I, and it sounds wise after the end, but I wasn't the only one. I, th- I think, you know, I said it, I think, it, that why the fuck has he picked Ospina and it puts pressure on him and he may well make a mistake and it's going to be a disaster were you thinking when you saw that going if it goes wrong tonight it's like Wenger will get absolutely killed that's why I, totally. I just, that's absolutely. all I thought totally. I wasn't and thinking made, we're going to lose made, the game I was like we'll be alright he made well, he did not need to make that decision I mean if we'd have lost and it's not all Ospina's fault of course that's the other thing as you said right at the beginning you know the, loads of the players let him down that's true but he Took that decision, that thing happened, and now he's paying the consequences because now everyone, even even the Wenger obsessives, can't defend that decision. I mean, yeah. apart from that handful of people who still think I've been, that um, that uh, Czech was too injured to play, but. It's like why everything about it was making a rod for his own back, making the biggest rod ever for his own back. Yeah, I'm sure he was, you know, fit after that. Maybe there is a very small issue, as, as Tim alluded to, that a lot of players do have very small issues. I just think he simply thought he'd get away with playing Davos Spina and well, he's, he's, paid, he's paid the price. Yeah. Well, look, now, what happens right. now what happens, if, if Peter Shek gets injured <laughs> yeah. for a long period? Oh, well, I was going to say, let's talk about the bigger kind of, you know, impact that this kind of thing happens. I mean, this is reminding me, again, to talk about Groundhog Day, and, you know, so it's his 19th anniversary today, you know. Yep. Congratulations. Um, congratulations, Arsene, yes. you know. Like, the bigger picture is already, like, people are getting really angry at him again, and it's like, there was a point last season, uh, you know, later than this, where everyone's already calling him from to go again, and all of that's starting up again. And it's like, you know... Is it any, at any point going to get so frustrating for him that even he, you know, starts thinking about that as an issue, or does he not? Do you think it's just... I mean, he's had it all before, hasn't he? Like, there's nothing really yeah. that new here. No. So... Do you think, do you think we're not, like, there's no possibility of ever, him ever worrying until he finally bows out at the end of this contract or whatever? That... Well, this contract has got 18 months to yeah. go, although I think it's interesting if there's any break clause or element at the end of this year, because yeah. it was largely pull out that he was going to do another two years, and then suddenly it became three. Yeah. I always had this, almost my own conspiracy theory, that it's two plus one, because Arsenal know they got themselves into a 
real mess by letting him go right down to the wire. Yeah. It creates upheaval everywhere. Yeah. But equally, if he wants to do that, they're not strong enough to stop it. This summer, he was definitely sending out the signals that he wanted another contract. <laughs> really? He wanted to get up towards kind of 23, 24 years. <laughs> right. Whether this would all change, who knows? Big change going on in his personal life as well. Which, you know, which can affect people. Daughter mm. left home, getting divorced. Yeah. You know, it, it, factors that might influence. But he, you know, it, it's silly to talk about Arsene Wenger in the immediate term because he will carry on for this season without any doubt. Yeah. I've always felt that the benchmark for him was being in the Champions League every year. Yes. So, yeah. You know, because that's yeah. what drives him on and yeah. I think has also become his benchmark for better or worse. Mm. I think part of the problem is that it's become his benchmark. He aims at it and he gets it. And we don't, we don't aim at winning the Premier League. We aim at coming in the top four. But um, being knocked out in the first st- round is pretty... Well, is pretty... to not reach the round of 16, yeah. where in, our coefficient in Europe has been slipping over the years. We were, what, six, four years ago and we're now yeah. down to 11th. Yeah. So he is actually seeing a deterioration in performance. But if he didn't get out of the round of 16, I think it would hurt but I think the real trigger is not getting in the top four and I do think they'll get in the top four this year partly because of the the, the mm. lack of quality around but isn't it also possible that if we need to come third because fourth might not be enough I know third is de- fourth is definitely enough this next year, year. Okay, fine. it's the year after, after. Right. Okay. and even then it needs the Italian clubs to have a really good run and all of the English clubs to, to mess up not just us but ironically but we, we're are, we, we, we have a club that has contributed least to the coefficient over the last five years well for five it'll be the fifth year in a row that we haven't got past the round of 16 God, it's not God. very impressive no. it's underperforming no. we're, we're, he's got the sixth or seventh biggest budget in Europe yeah. and he can't get out of the round of 16 yeah. can we mention a couple of positives before we, before we <laughs> um, I mean with Sanchez we talked about a bit Theo is scoring I mean like a man possessed that what goal. is it 12 in 13 13 and 14 something like that that's pretty good isn't it the it's first goal well. against Leicester was so good yeah. it was just a brilliant run brilliant yeah. finish and then I thought he was a little bit lucky the one oh, that yeah, went in that was yeah. a terrible yeah. goalkeeping against an NBR course. yeah but still got into a great position got into great positions uh, I guess it, you know, making good runs calling to him just to play he's now getting his run of games and you know and he's getting the reward yeah. um, but Sanchez to get amongst the goals was so important I think to get him off the, off the mark and also that, you know, a couple of headers. You know, I kind of feel like we don't score enough headers on this no. sort of Giroud scoring he, goals. He, he, he and attacks the ball with his head. He was so good. Yeah. Like, you don't the, see Theo scoring you know, headers like that. Two headers in four days. The one against no. Leicester. But you don't really see Giroud. I mean, I don't no. think Giroud scores headers nearly enough. I mean, for for our tall, you know, we don't really. A couple of weeks ago, Arsenal said that there was no longer a first choice striker. I think he said there was a one A and a one B. <laughs> Did he? I missed that. Again, comes back to this thing about trying to keep everybody happy. Yeah. I think, and all the pros say that's not the way you do it. A player wants to know where they are yeah. and feel confident but you know Theo is surely 1A rather than 1B if you yeah, see what I mean he is right, Matt what's your, what's your feeling about Theo he's still I mean, looking at him on Wednesday night I mean I, for me he that finish he actually passed it into the goalkeeper's hands but then how it ended up in there, <laughs> yeah. I don't know he's still he's, he's 26 but he still looks like a boy out there and it's not just mm. a physical thing it's, it's the hesitancy and you can see the decision making is still there's a pause sometimes. There's overrunning the ball. There's that um, in the second half, that slaloming run, where you're just thinking, oh, yeah, once you're in the up. area, yeah. just no one is going to get on your back for having a go here. And he ended up running out of play. Mm. You could just see the hesitancy. He wasn't sure. The instinct isn't there. As much as you say Theo is you know, 1A or whatever we just said, are you 100% sure he'll play against Man United? I don't feel like he's that much for 1A that he's definitely now first choice for um, every game. I'm not. He might play Giroud. Oh, 
Oh, really? Oh, I think I think at the moment he is. I think he's good. He can't he can't keep saying he's he's Wenger is now saying. I mean, apart from that one A one B comment, he is now saying when he's asked about Theo when Theo is scoring, as he is most every game at the moment. Um, he says, oh, yeah, he's, he's coming on really well. He's learning all, more of the skills of playing up front. And, you know, like, there just seems to be a general acknowledgement that it, it, he is the first choice. No, for me, anyway, I would, be, uh, I would be distinctly disappointed. I think they serve different purposes. I think if a team comes to the Emirates and defends deep, then you want Giroud to be that fulcrum, that link player. But Leicester away, where we're playing on the break, you want Theo. And I think, uh, you know, I think on Sunday... Because United's game so is based on so much slow possession at the moment, I think Wenger might think that they will their back four will sit quite deep and therefore use Giroud. When actually, I'd like to see Theo have a run. Yeah, those I, 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 think legs in their I know what you mean, I, but for me, like I still think you know. I think if you, you know, you just got to trust the player is good enough to deal with those issues and and come up with ways of, of you know addressing them really, you know. And the other thing is, I wouldn't be totally against playing Giroud if he keep, if he, play, he also plays Theo. You know that hardly ever happens, apart from, unless it's a substitution situation. Stop doing that. You stop doing it. Like why? You know there is a possibility you can play them both. I mean they both have strengths, and maybe they'll bring out each other's strengths. So you know, but obviously that will never happen. I think at the moment, at the moment if you think that Bellerin is the first choice. Yeah. Right back, and you have Theo in as well. You're just not putting enough protection in front mm-hmm. of him. And I agreed with what you were saying about United, but they also work with a lot of pace through Marshall and Depay. And I think that he'll be very worried, or he'll want to put the protection in in front of the fullbacks against United for the counter attack. And that does lead you towards picking Shiro. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, and then there's Munich to think about on Tuesday. Well, the, 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 by far, the thing that everyone's kind of forgotten in the shambles that was Tuesday night was Koscielny going off with a hamstring. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, so if you think our defence has been oh, a bit Christ. wobbly and disorganised yeah. and it hasn't got its kind of rock in the middle of it all, Per Mertesecker, who is a brilliant positional defender, but he's really been found out. He really does turn and move very slowly, doesn't he? Yeah. And then alongside a guy that I like, but still hasn't got a word of English. You know, isn't communicating with his other defenders and does look like he, he at least wants to give a referee a chance to send him off in mm. every game that yeah. he plays him. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we turn our attentions to um, these next two extraordinary games, on the, I want to ask you about the AST because you've got a, there's the campaign about, I call it a campaign, about us not spending any money and you're, which you're addressing, aren't you? What, what are you doing about that? You're going to ask questions at the... At the annual general meeting, yeah. which is on the 15th of October, we will ask, and we'll also, we'll start, well, what is the purpose of the football club? Yeah. What are you as directors aiming? Surely it's the benefit of supporters. So if you've got all this money in cash, yeah. you either invest it in strengthening the team, and if you don't think the team needs it, then you don't have to take so much out of our pockets to come and watch every game and actually before the Manchester United game there is a nationwide campaign run by the Football Supporters Federation they're going to be every single game in the Premier League and I think that's important because then it stops this sometimes you see people it's so depressing going oh yeah but they charge £4 more than us it's not the point the price is £50 at Norwich £64 at Arsenal £46 at Swansea it's all too much it's all become a disgrace with the amount of money coming in but there's going to be a get together outside the armoury with Arsenal and Manchester 
Manchester United fans. There's going to be banners in the ground for five billion new TV deal, and what do we get? Sixty-four pound a game. I think it's anyone who's listening, just you know, even if it's you only give a retweet or tweet a message or applaud the banners when they come up, give it a bit of messaging because it is important. Mm. But coming back to what Arsenal are doing, what do they need all this money for? Well, clearly to pay Stan Kroenke three million pounds <laughs> again. So we will be at, we'll be looking at that quite hard from a corporate governance point of view. What does he do for the money? What advice is he giving? What tender went out for the services? And why doesn't he act like Danny Fisman put hours... Danny Fisman built the Emirates, put hundreds of hours of time in, never took a penny out. Let me ask about that, right? Here's the thing... um, Stone Kroenke is a multi how, mu- how much is he billionaire. worth billionaire well the missus is a billionaire yeah. and he's married to it but yeah all I know is he's really rich yeah. why is he even why is he just taking isn't, why isn't anyone saying to him this is an unbelievable PR cock up not worth the money it to cost three million, a drop in a, literally a bagatelle and that, why is he doing that well it, that partly shows up the problem doesn't it he doesn't care doesn't come to games doesn't engage with fans <sighs> isn't a fan isn't an investor it's, he can do it because he can that's modern football. It's so bizarre. I don't get it. I don't. Is there some the hidden financial reason why you should have that three million? Is that, is it, if he that three million payment has seemed to happen, that there's some other tax. I don't know. Is it, does anyone know any, well, any tax reason? I'm trying to understand. There, there could be. Two, there are two reasons. One, the normal way of doing it would be to pay a dividend. Right. But I mean, the reason I don't want to pay a dividend is they'd have to give one third of it to Usmanov, but also they'd be embarrassed because the AST, which still owns a few shares, it's only yeah. symbolic. But we would say no, thank you to our dividend. Please have it back. Invest it in the club or lower the ticket prices because yeah. we don't actually think that we think the club should be making a profit, but for non-profit purposes. So I think they don't want to pay a dividend for those reasons. If he is providing these services, then perhaps he should go on PAYE. But if he went on PAYE, <laughs> you'd have to pay the tax, the British tax man. Yes. Um, so there are reasons right. why right. it is advantageous to take yeah. a consultancy fee. I, my view is they went through the grief in year one and thought we might as well keep doing it because we've kind of gone through the pain oh, and it's kind of like taking some money out but it really it's not you're right it damages the club brand and persona more than it's worth it more than he needs it of course so with the AGM you get to ask that question will be asked and and who who has to answer it the the chairman of the board and last year we got this ludicrous answer which is myself and Sir Chips proposed it almost like like not that not that Cronky had said that he wanted it we proposed it like why do you sit down like you know over the hors d'oeuvres at a match game I think we should give Stan three million pounds he's been a good old chap why not if three million pounds is about right should we tender for that should we ask what we're getting never got any explanation of the services that were provided never got any explanation why not tendered the three million pounds just got paid out i think i think it was last year i came to the agm team and i kind of thought you can ask these questions but it didn't sense there was that much obligation for them to give you any depth of answer the whole thing was sort of a waste of time in some respects the reason for still going through this process is it's about accountability it's about raising the profile and it's about i think they do know and at the edges sometimes it changes their position they froze tickets this year after a lot of campaigning Mm. the away fans are now getting a bit of a credit but you're you're right he owns 67 percent of the club Mm. he decides what happens the reason the other directors proposed this fee is they're 
completely they don't own a single share mm. they're completely and what about, under his patronage for their board yeah. positions so of course they go along and, and pay yeah. him the money he wants and what about the answering of the question about why are you stock, stockading all this money and who's going to answer that like who's going to deal with that well question? that will be dealt with somewhere between Sir Chips Keswick and Ivan Gazidis right. it, de- it depends mm. we'll probably get one of those long answers from Gazidis that by the end you've forgotten what he said at the beginning and we'll promise that the money is going to be spent at some time I mean you know Ivan Gazidis is paid £2.3 million by Arsenal it's an awful lot when you think he doesn't actually pick the team or it seems have to buy any players but he does get £2.3 million I think most of it is, is on a performance for how many words he can say yeah. to answer questions and without it, actually answering them well, one meeting we see, he was asked about it wasn't he do you know about it and he said oh you know think he did the old Wenger line about there isn't any player out there that we could have got and someone said Schneider and he completely ignored it he completely yes and he also I understood sort of belittled Manchester United signing of Marshall which is oh god I mean anyone who belittles that now has got to be I've got to say we'll talk about the Man United game I assume as, yes. we, as we come towards Sunday I, I was actually at Old Trafford last night for their game as well as being at Arsenal and yeah. I, I must say Marshall looked so good yeah. I, again I was probably one of those people that I said a lot of money for a very young person who's yet to play international football the rest of the United team didn't look up to much last night and it no. was a, a pretty awful well, game me, against Wolfsburg but he, just, he was brilliant because this comes back a little bit to your view of risk and looking at the future market and Arsenal I mean who the market play, we're going to be looking at £50 million for a a, a, not world class but just a good player next year as the money pours in yeah. who is doing the forward thinking about where the market is but tell me this is Marshall that much more expensive than what we paid for Theo Walcott 12 million pounds plus 40k a week for a 16 year old if you actually compare it to what's happened to transfer fees and wages since then it is a bit more expensive but it's not outside the no. boundary we spent 15 million on the ox yeah. You know, I'm yeah, not clearly. actually oh, well. sure. Marshall was I, expensive. I'm not saying he wasn't expensive, no. but in the context yeah. of a marketplace now, I don't think he was that expensive. No. And the fact that Arsenal recoil from it is really frightening from I, the point of view of keeping up with where football is going. And if they think players cost a lot this year, all the money is flooding in next year. 100%. And it, shows, it just shows, and I think the fans, I have to say, I think the fan, Arsenal fans who go along with this thing that buying Marshall was a ridiculous thing to do and you know was and they're almost proud of the fact that we don't do that kind of thing i'm like well, why, why are you interested in football like what if you're not excited deep down by the prospect of buying a brilliant 19 year old i don't care how much fucking money you spend on him that's what football's all about and it's like if we'd have bought him i'd have been thrilled and excited and i would totally have backed it uh, yeah. and I, I honestly i think you're dead inside if you think if you sit there pompously going oh no but we we match a financial well i had a debate on twitter with some guy about this who was more excited about our brilliant financial model and how we stick to it than he was about wasting as he saw it tens of millions of pounds on a player like marshall and i think uh, f- you're not in, you're not into football you're into some weird financial situation that Arsenal are in and actually the true true point is that by all accounts he was available for a lot less money earlier in the right, summer of course yeah you know so and it's not united kind of offered to spurs or something final week yeah you know and so it's not just that we we didn't pay 36 for him yeah at the end of august we didn't pay 20 25 for him no we made that choice yeah you know earlier and i guarantee i feel deep I, I think it's so obvious that in, at the end of the season we'll regret it we're going to regret and it so much schneiderlin wasn't expensive no coming back to this concept of the of of modern football 25 million for a 25 year old who plays for his country and had the best stats as a defensive midfielder yeah. in the country at southampton that's what you what yeah, you pay for it totally. now and Chelsea have shown in recent years that if you buy good quality players they hold their asset value now they've bought some and sold them on at roughly the price they paid or a bit more we're getting what 1% off Barclays for our 80 million cash sitting in the bank you'd be better with three world class players 
signed with the 80 million and some people say oh they might not play well if they don't play so what they get sold the following year for the price you paid but they probably would pay because we've yeah. got Firmini oh. injured Arteta injured Koscielny injured with his injuries happen yes and all and of the 80 our rivals, million can't come off the bench and play for us all of our rivals just don't worry about it as much like, and let, you know we the fact that we, f- we fret about every single fucking signing not we I mean the, the club the Arsene Wenger as if it's going to ruin us if we spend more than you know yeah. 20 million on a player because it's a massive it's, it's pathetic I think it's absolutely anyway be thinking about what's going to happen against Manchester United and Bayern Munich while I remind you that there is still time to join the Footballistically Arsenal Dream Team League go to www.dreamteamfc.com register a team for free then join our league by entering pin number 8394930 and there's a signed shirt to a player picked out randomly and lots of prizes throughout the season and we've also signed up with Labrooks to bring you some exclusive betting odds and offers that we've wrangled out of them follow the links on the description of this podcast or our Facebook page and Twitter feed and for starters there's a free bet of up to £50 for you when you click on the link and enter the excellent promo code of LAD50 and join our followers on Twitter at Arsenal Podcast. Matt, are you on the Dream Team? Are you in the Dream I'm Team? I'm not, actually. Oh. I, I need to rectify that tonight. Do you know what it is? Every time, every week I listen to the podcast, yeah. that pin number's so long that I'm, yeah. you know, and you I'm always it. on the go. It's so. 8394930. I'm going to yeah. say again now. You should tweet it out. Yeah, then, we then it's in front of us. I think yeah. we do. We do. There's yeah. still time to get ahead of Boyd as well. I think it's still there in about the sort I mean, of 90th. Yeah. Is it, you know, is, is it, you know, we're seven match weeks into the season now. Is, but I think there's monthly competitions. So right. certainly for October, you can you can go there and have the joy of coming above Boyd oh uh, yeah it's not difficult it's not hard it's not easy yeah well, it's easy yeah everyone's above me aren't they do you have any points I've got I, I think you're about 90 seconds 90 seconds a, who's your goalkeeper uh, boy oh it's uh, <laughs> I think it is Czech actually I played I selected Czech Ospina not Ospina Ospina's quite cheap now yeah but he is <laughs> right what is going to happen against Manchester United well on, on, on the way Sunday? in on the way in Tim said to me we're going to beat Manchester United. And there was a, a lot of people seem to walk away from an NPR field. It would be so Arsenal to have beaten Leicester 5-2, brilliant high, have the terrible low of the defeat against an NPR course. But then come Sunday, we'll, we'll beat Manchester United. It could be top of the, you know, joint top of the league. Tim, we're going to win? Are you sticking to that? Off, you're off the record, you said that. I, now, I, I think if I put money on it, I'd go for a 2 all. But we all know that okay. Arsenal can win. Arsenal can win this game 3-0 and lose this game 3-0. It's actually a great Premier League for yeah. every game no, being exciting. open yeah, isn't it? Exciting, you know, including yeah. the big teams and you just can't almost call any game in advance I, I just worry about Koscielny not being there and mm. United you know when did we last beat United you know we do not get results against them <laughs> and, I, and, Old Trafford and, and, and we've got to work out of course yeah I kind of I'm thinking league games mm. um, going back to what matters I'll go for two all. Two all, Matt. Uh, I'm very much of the school of thought that this would be very Arsenal to absolutely balls it up against Olympiacos and then go out and beat United. And we kind of owe them one after. Oh, gotcha. Last season, and I, do you know, what? if Koscielny wasn't injured, I yep. would be absolutely certain we'd win this game two wow. one. Wow. And I'll, a big Tim's already gone for the draw, so I'll go two one as well. Two one. Two one. Two one. Yeah. Josh? Yeah, it's tough. Like I said, I wasn't that impressed by them last night. I thought, you know, there was a great assist from Juan Massa. Marshall was brilliant. But mm. otherwise, and Rooney looks so off it at the moment. Yeah. Just rightly so. 1 0 Arsenal, maybe just mm. edge it. Be optimistic. Okay. I think it's going to be 1 uh, all. Yeah. I can't That's got to be the most likely yeah. scenario, 1 all. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Bayern Munich, Tuesday. We're at home, aren't we? Isn't it? It's or is it next week? It's a, there's an international break. Oh, 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 oh sorry. And then there's Watford. This game is not for ages. And then there's Watford. 
There's an international well, break. I'm not overexcited. Oh, there. Yeah, oh, yeah, what am I thinking? You can do okay. a prediction for England-France oh, in right. international yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Sorry, apologies, yeah. I just, I just had it in my mind that it's coming up, but it's not. Yeah. You just oh, yeah, want, you just want more 17. doom. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Tuesday the 20th. Yeah, for some reason, I had it in my diary. Oh, we'll, be, we'll be back before then. We're back next week. We'll definitely be back before then, yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. So we only had that prediction That's it. That's it. You'll be there Sunday? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matt. Yeah, definitely. Full house, Tim. Yeah. After you've done your pro- outside the armory, is it? Uh, yeah, please game? come along at half past two outside the armory. Photo call, banners, working with the Manchester United fans to show that this is something that's fo- about affects all football fans. There's nothing his club, my club, your club. It's just there's five point four billion pounds coming in in just the new TV deal alone, and this is about saying some of it should be given back to fans. Excellent. Here, here. I certainly. I may even be there. Who knows? Might go even go there, that there. far. Yeah. Um, thanks, Tim. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Uh, thanks everyone for listening. And uh, hopefully next week we'll be thrilled by a huge victory over Manchester United. Speak to you then. Bye. Bye. Right. If you happen to have any friends who support Crystal Palace or Playback Media Productions who produce the show, now have a Palace podcast. Tell them to go to palacepodcast.com to get the new show. This is a playback media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network.